I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How are you, Gary Jr.? Doing well. How are you doing? Good. Yes, I tell you, the basketball season, almost 25% of the season, regular season, is gone. I mean, just like that. Boom. It's gone that fast. And, you know, we're looking at the Final Four in football that's coming up. Uh, well, they announced it just recently, the top four teams. Uh, whether you locked it like the top four teams and their positioning, uh, but anyhow, Georgia and Michigan, no controversy. <laughs> They're undefeated. <laughs> they won their conference champ championships. No one, no one will complain about the number one and number two place teams. But Gary, I tell you, when the number three and the number four teams lose their championship games, and one of those two teams stays in the top four, I don't know. Anyhow, they went with teams that only had no more than one loss to be in the Final Four. Obviously, Michigan and Georgia have no losses, but they're going with um, TCU losing in their championship game, Gary, and still staying in it. I, I, I just don't understand that. They stayed in their same position while losing. Uh, okay, fine. Um, so they're in the third spot, and then Ohio State, only lost to Michigan, number two in the country for most of the season, uh, made it into the number four spot. They were in the five, fifth spot before. They moved up one. And then the big controversial, to me, the controversial one, and Gary, is Alabama. Yes, they have two losses. Okay, fine, they have two losses. But the bottom line of it is, no doubt, they're the best two-loss team in the, in, the, in the country. But the bottom line of it is, uh, one point, LSU at LSU, and... Another, yeah, you know, their losses um, were, if you can say good losses, well, they were as close as you can get to t some of the best teams in the country, which they had to go through, uh, that being SEC, which is obviously a very tough, if not the toughest conference in football. And then you know, <laughs> Clemson just fell off the cliff a couple of weeks ago, and that they would have represented um, a, a faction of the country that, that would have, well, they've been in a lot. You know, Clemson actually has won it. In the past, they're they're well out of it. They're they're in the top ten, I'm sure, but they're they're not uh, one of the teams to be contending. But big, my gripe is TCU lost the championship game, stayed in the top four. USC lost their championship game, got bounced out of the top four. I think TCU should have joined USC as being bounced out of the top four. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, I think it's bad. The uh, the college football decided to put TCU in there. Uh, the Big Twelve is not a strong conference. Um, so you know, for me personally, I don't even see why TCU should be in there. Fortunately, for um, teams in the Pac Pac twelve and the Big Twelve, you know, those teams are going to have to basically go undefeated, basically because of the fact those teams don't get a lot of respect around the country. Mm -hmm. and that's just the way that it goes. And I don't even believe, you know, that um, you were on the top four teams, you know, you know, they lost. So it's not, um, it's not a big deal. But, 
you know, I would like to see the ratings when they come back for a New Year's game, especially Michigan and TCU. I'd love to see how many people aren't watching. <laughs> uh, maybe people are probably going to watch because it'll be on New Year's on TV. But then I would love to see TCU win and play Georgia, and we really see how many people aren't watching the game because no no one's going to watch that game, and that game will be about 60 to nothing, whether it's Georgia or Ohio State. I always believe when it comes to college sports, especially college football, the team with the most professional athletes at the skill positions win. And that's what's going to happen when TCU sees Ohio State or Georgia, if they ever see them, it will be as ugly as possible. And I will love it because TCU doesn't belong in there. Now, if they would have won every single game, I would have no problem with it. There was actually a team a few years ago when UCF went undefeated and they didn't put UCF in there. That's right. UCF didn't play a tough schedule. So here comes TCU. The toughest team they played all year is, is Kansas State, who they beat one time and lost a second time, and they played Texas. Every other team in the Big 12 is terrible. So I don't understand why they, you know, that gives them credit. Why Alabama lost two games on the road to two hot teams, especially Tennessee at the time. They were undefeated. Mm-hmm. And they lost both games by a combined score of four points. And one and one was in overtime. So it doesn't make sense to me. But you know what? This is why uh, college football is not really talked about on this podcast. Because <laughs> they do a lot of things. It's not just college football, but college sports in general is going through a change. Uh, and college basketball is going through a change because of what we're hopefully going to be talking about soon, which is because of the NBA. Yeah, yeah, Gary, we don't talk about uh, college football on this podcast that often, uh, and I just injected it for a few minutes simply because of our mutual dislike for the Final Fours, they don't even call it that, but the playoff, college playoff teams, because I do think they missed the mark, and I don't know how, to me it was pretty obvious that, that Alabama should have been in, and it's pretty obvious that when you lose you shouldn't have an opportunity to actually be in the college playoffs when you lose your last game to in a championship game. And, and, and you can say, hey, wait a minute. Oh, I was saying lost your last game. No, that's different. That was a regular season game. That was only the loss they had all year. You could have a bad game. But, you know, when you're playing in your championship game, you, you got to do like Michigan. Then Michigan, I see, you know, it was 14-13 halftime. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Then they blew them out. You know, so you know you got to do that, and and Georgia just they're Georgia. They they're used to being at the top, and they take care of business. When when there's a tough when there's a top game, a game that that they uh, that they strategically must win. Guess what they do? They win. They they rise to the occasion. Why? Because that's what top teams do. I mean, back in the day, Gary UCLA when they had Walton and and Kareem Ab- uh, Tom Lewelson and those guys and and Curtis Rowe and Sidney Wicks. When they play teams that they had to beat, they beat them. <laughs> Very simple. You know, granted, Alvin Hayes stunned them once. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I should say, Luau Center did lose a game or two. Walton went undefeated a few times, but they had to run up against David Thompson in one, one uh, tournament. You know, but the bottom line of it is they rise to the occasion. That's why they're the top team. So... Uh, so much to be said about football. And Gary, I, I think you're right. I think they're gonna they're gonna pay a price on the on the ratings because I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone, 
people like to say uh, TCU, other than Michigan, because they're going to cream them. So uh, let's leave. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything else to add to? Uh, <laughs> I think the well, happiest, the happiest well, one team more thing. in the tournament right now has to be has to be Michigan because they they got the they get to me they got the the easiest ticket to be punched uh, off all onto the championship game. Right. Let's not disrespect TCU all the way. I am. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, I, I think, am. I think instead of it being 49 to 10, it'll be 35 to 20. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be a game that you can turn off at halftime, but it's a game that you can basically turn off at halftime. So it's, it should be. I don't Michigan's, believe that. Michigan's, I, I Michigan's, Michigan's, not, Michigan's not that much better than TCU. No, that, no Michigan's no, not, not a first half. They're not a first half team. They're a second half no. team. No. And so now, they, Georgia, they've proven that Georgia in the last will be six games. Now, when they play Georgia, it'll be 49 to 10. Oh, Georgia, there, if right? they have, if they play Georgia, which I don't, right. I don't see that being being the case, being possible, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be very very ugly. I think of the Notre Dame, Alabama game. Yeah, I think it's going to be you know, be extremely ugly. But I don't think we get we have to look at that nightmare because I think Michigan will take care of business. Uh, personally, I would have loved to have seen Georgia play Alabama if Georgia were. Um, yeah, if, I'm sorry. If Alabama were the fourth-ranked team, which I believe they, they should have been, but uh, you know, obviously the powers to be and the NCAA did not want to see that matchup, so we won't. So, Gary, off to basketball. I tell you, it's it's our it has already been a very interesting season, Gary. There's some new names that have that have risen to the top as far as. Um, I won't say future stars because some of these guys have arrived. And and then you have the the perennial all-stars that are that are playing like all-stars. You you have you have a the short list already of players that you can say to yourself, hey, these guys are gonna be potentially in the final five as far as the MVP candidates. Uh you have teams that have gotten off to a sluggish start, but you know they're gonna you're gonna they're gonna be there when when it when it comes time to uh to actually uh, perform, and because some some teams, I'm not saying they're pacing themselves, but that's not the Pacers' joke comment. But you know, the Pacers are doing better than I ever thought they would be doing. But the teams are going to rise to the top because cream always does. So when you look at the standings, you see uh, in the West, you see the Suns are still hovering around first place. That they have a 16 and seven record, and and the Pelicans, however. Now they have full complement of their players. CJ McCollum. McCollum is doing extremely well, uh, and then Zion. Zion is playing excellent basketball at, at this point. He's averaging. Uh, Zion is averaging uh, well over twenty points a game, and they are. McCollum is averaging about eighteen points a game. They're fifteen and eight. The Nuggets with two-time MVP. The Joker, it's 14 and 9. Far harder than I thought they would be. I still see them falling below the, um, well, in the fifth, sixth spot uh, when all is said and done. Uh, the Grizzlies are playing well. I, I Once again, they finished second last year in, in, in the regular season. They're 13 and 9 now. But the team here, you know, there's surprise teams in here. You got the Sacramento Kings. I, I know you want to talk about them. The Sacramento Kings are 12 and 9. I, DeAndre, DeAndre Fox is, is getting about 23 points a game. But the bottom line of it is, I would have never thought there would be playoff contenders. Obviously, they'd already played the first half, first quarter of the season. They're 20, they're 12 and 9. 
The Warriors have gotten off to a very sluggish start, but they're above 500 now. They're 13-11. The Clippers, 13-11. I don't know if the Clippers are going to ever realize their full potential. We always, over the last two or three years, oh, the Clippers, oh, man, the Clippers. Oh. Well, okay, let's see what happens. The Jazz, I don't know how they're even staying afloat after they got rid of just about their, you know, the two top players, but they're 14-12. and 12. And uh, the Trailblazers are 12-11. and 11. And then Dasik, one-man team, Luca is... Um, 11 and 11, Timberwolves, sluggish start, 11 and 12. I thought they would do better with Edwards averaging well over 20 points a game as well as uh, Towns. And then the rest of the teams are just terrible. But the Lakers, yeah, that's right. They're terrible. They're 9 and 12 despite the fact that AD is averaging 27 points a game. LeBron is getting about 20, I think 23 points a game. And I'm sorry, LeBron's getting 25.6 points a game. AD's getting 27.2 points a game. And they are 9 and 12. And that, folks, is something that has been improving. Yeah, they were worse than, than 9 and 12 before. They were they were, were playing as well as they're playing right now. And uh, you know, they're still, you know, number the 13th ranked team in the in, in the West. I'm going to stop there in the West, Gary, have you make some comments. But before I do that, you know, AD's having a great year. I mean, 27 points a game. He's leading the league in rebounds at almost 13 a game. And he is uh, also number three in the league in block shots at two and a half a game. So when you, when you look at the overall performance of, of, a, of a sub-500 team, you, you say to yourself, this guy, AD, Anthony Davis, has come to play. Now, we all know that he's a great player. We all had him in there on one of our list of top current players. However, you know, injuries have always hampered this guy. But the bottom line of it is he uh, he's having a great year. Now everyone's saying, hey, Luca, 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 Luca. Yeah, Luca's averaging about 33 points, four points a game in his one-man team that he got there. And I don't see them going anywhere. I, you know, will they make the playoffs? Hey, yeah, I guess they will because everyone makes it almost in the NBA. But the bottom line of it is eh, I don't really – I'm not that impressed. Uh, so – that's what I would say about the West, Gary. I would throw in some other stats about, you know, obviously Curry, Steph's playing like Steph. He's averaging about 31 points a game at this point. And Clay Thompson is playing playing well also at this juncture. Uh, the Warriors are going to be fine. Not, we're not worried about them. And then the Greek freak, who's always a perennial candidate for MVP, is averaging about 32 points a game right now. And the Bucks. I'm going to talk about the East in a minute. So I'll just pause there. I won't talk about them right now since I'm going to talk about the East after you've had a chance to make some comments about the West, Gary. This is terrible. Uh, I'm just going to get to the nitty-gritty of it. Uh, you know, a lot of these teams are underachieving and a lot of teams are are uh, playing above their need at this point in the season, which is normal and expected. But I think this is the first time we can say the Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference. You know, the Phoenix Suns, you know, like you mentioned, are playing great, but they always play great in the regular season, so that's yeah. not really a surprise <laughs> to, to anybody. Uh, but what I will want – what I will we'll talk about is the Sacramento Kings. You know, you mentioned it earlier, but, you know, every – certain big networks have been just completely just uh, destroying the Sacramento Kings for trading uh, Tyler Halliburton, who's a great player for – and I wish they would show Indiana more so we can see him more because I believe he's either first or second in the league in assists. And he's really helping. Their 
But Sabonis is a borderline all-star every year. He's averaging 17, 11, and 60. But no mm-hmm. one's really talking about the fact that they added him to the team, and he's a big component to the team because he can be a small ball five or he can be a four. Mm-hmm. And and the Sacramento Kings, with Mike Brown as their head coach, LeBron's first coach that people said that could not coach, uh, is doing a great job with the Sacramento Kings because he's just basically telling them to run, and they're running teams out of the gym. So I like to see how long that will last. I know, unfortunately, when you know, um, with a team that's a running team like that, the biggest issue is, unfortunately, injuries. And then being able to slow it down and be able to score um, in key moments. Mm-hmm. But we also, you know, I mean, touch on Anthony Davis, and I agree. I'm forget, very proud forget, of before you Before you go to Anthony Davis, you know what I find interesting about the Sacramento Kings is that they have players I've never heard of, okay? You, you got Keldon Johnson. The guy's averaging 20 points a game. Who the hell is Keldon Johnson? And well, Keldon Johnson guy, played for Spurs one, last year. One, one more guy, Devin Vassell. I can't even pronounce I guess it's Vassell. I don't know what the hell his name is. He's averaging 21 points a game. So that, that, that gives them their big three because the Andre Fox is averaging 23. You got those three guys, two of them I never heard of. <laughs> and and hey, right now, the 12 and 9. Well, yeah, well, Kevin Johnson played for the Spurs last year. So okay. he was a starter for the Spurs last year. Uh, I believe the other guy played for the Detroit Pistons last year, I believe. So uh, the listeners can, can check us on that. But uh, regardless of that of that point, because those guys are, you know, they're important players, but it's really the Sacramento Kings is about De'Aaron Fox and yeah. Sabonis and unleashing De'Aaron Fox. That's really what the team is about. And the other Bodanovich being on the team and Malik Monk being on the team. main thing, and I want to touch, I'm touching this since I just mentioned the Lakers, is you're right, Anthony Davis is playing phenomenal and, and uh, recently he outplayed Giannis in a big game, which is very important for Anthony Davis because he is, talent-wise, he's a top-five player in the NBA. The Lakers have to actually play through him. And if they start to do that, the Lakers will be better off. And, you know, it took them a little while to, um, to see that. Honestly, it, and, and this is this is not a good thing. I, you know, I don't wish injury on anybody. But, obviously, it really happened when LeBron got injured. That's when Anthony mm-hmm. Davis really started taking that. That is true. That's That's the number one guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had issues adjusting to that because once, you know, right when they came back, Anthony Davis didn't really touch the ball in the fourth quarter and the Lakers lost the game. And you you know who took a lot of shots. So, uh, you know, it's going to be adjusted for LeBron as well, but maybe LeBron will actually um, play out the ball. And, you know, um, like another guy that needs to, and Luka Doncic. Um, But, yeah, I also want to mean one man, one team, one team, Luca, my man, Luca. That's right, that's right, <laughs> that's right. The solo act of Luca Doncic, and he loves every second. Oh, he game. loves that spotlight. Uh, uh he loves his 35, 15, and ten in a lot. Lower than slow, uh, and the can't jump worth a lick. But, but he me, loves that spotlight, and his, he hasn't seen a shot he doesn't like. But let me switch from Luca real quick. About, he's playing more minutes than this about any basketball yes. player in the NBA, Gary. He's playing almost he's playing over 37 minutes a game. Guess what? Ain't no one's playing 37 minutes in a game now. No one plays that long, Luca. <laughs> okay. So, so I don't want no I'm one. Not, no one. But you can so, go ahead. Go ahead. You so guys get gonna, those 
He has to get those numbers because he's, you know, his, his owner wants him to be MVP. He doesn't care if they win the championship because he knows they're not that talented and they knows they can't win one, win one man because guess what? It's not the one BA. It's the NBA. So it does not work. Go ahead. <laughs> I just like picking on Luca because he's not that good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pick on Luca. Well, I was gonna he's say, a good player, but he's not great, okay? And he, will he be great? No. Will he, will he be a Larry? No. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to put him in the same sentence as the guy from the Celtics, okay? Because he is not anywhere near that guy who played for the Celtics and won all those championships. So I don't blame Aluka Doncic for playing 37 minutes. That's on Jason Kidd and the coaching staff, which we know Jason Kidd is not a great coach, just like Steve Nash who got fired. But uh, I want to keep the pressure on this because I think every time we do a, a sports podcast and we do have the, the conversation of the update of the standings, mm-hmm. I want to put the pressure on the guy that loves to not show up to work no, not Ben Simmons. <laughs> oh, okay. Kawhi Leonard. He's, Kawhi, he's, is he Kawhi Leonard has missed 19 <laughs> of 24 games. We need to put the pressure on Kawhi Leonard because the Clippers are. Well, that means he gets, he gets paid like a zillion and a half dollars a game. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, that's great. And because he won't tell you how you know how he feels, we don't know how he feels. Yeah. All I'm saying is. If you've only played six games the entire season, and you're supposed, and we're expecting the Clippers, really, the Clippers should get to the finals this year. They have the most talent. They don't have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George is hurt right now, and they're the seventh seed in the Western Conference right now. Just with Paul George, they could be a top five seed in the Western Conference. No, they're they're in sixth place, Ken. You mean, oh, you mean the Nets? The Nets? No, no, no. Oh. We're talking about the Clippers. The Clippers. Oh, the Clippers seventh. Yeah, they're in seventh. Right, the Clippers. We're talking about the Western Conference. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a shame that, that Kawhi Leonard's not playing. Uh, Confused one of my favorite players when he actually decided to play. So, you know, we got to, you know, continue to keep the pressure on Kawhi Leonard not showing up to work. We do the same thing with Kyrie Irving, being in Brooklyn Nets, and Ben Simmons. But no one does it when Kawhi Leonard doesn't show up to work. So I'm going to continue to keep the pressure on Kawhi, mainly because I'm actually a fan of Kawhi Leonard when he plays. So I want to see him on the court. Yeah, I, I agree, Gary. I agree. I think it's uh, – yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, he's in these so-called injuries, and for him, sometimes he just doesn't feel like it, which is yeah, – I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and I, hey, ben, hey, Ben, I didn't mention you because you, you do feel like it now. But um, he's hurt again. Oh, he's hurt again. Oh, that's right. Okay. Why did I mention your name? I don't mention your name on this podcast. So anyhow, uh, unless I'm talking about really bad things, and I don't want to talk about really bad things. So you know, because I'm getting ready to talk about the East. And any other comments about the West, Gary? Before we switch to the East. Oh yeah, one last comment. I'm very mm-hmm. Williams on the court. Just we're talking about people who aren't. On- I'm happy Zion Williamson's on the court and living up to expectations. I am as well, Gary. I think that it's uh, exciting that he's he's on the court. Um, Zion's averaging 23.5 points a game, shooting a great uh, percentage as well. And it's good to see. It is, it is truly, truly good to see. Now with our East. Now, in the East, Gary, you know, you, you talk about 
you know, these these uh, used to be dynamic duels, and now then then it changed to you got to have a you got to have a trio. You know, what's your big three? And then, you know, so but I, I look at the East, and there's a lot of teams that have three guys who are playing good basketball. I mean, even even the Wizards. The Wizards are now sitting in the tenth spot. They're eleven and twelve, but they got Pazetskis is averaging twenty one point six points a game. A guy who I thought when he was drafted by the Knicks, I thought it was one of the biggest mistakes in the history of basketball. Well, the guy's a solid player. Put on some pounds, can shoot, handles the ball for seven foot five or eight, nine, I don't remember. Um, fairly well, plays halfway decent defense. I mean, Pazeskis, other than getting hurt with his with his feet, has has really been a positive influence in basketball to me. I, I I'm 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 happy to say that. I wanted to do, have a great career. Bradley Bill, 24.1 points a game. And the cast off from the Lakers, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, is averaging over 20 points as well. So that's a little triumphant there. Then you got the Knicks, and they're not doing well. The Knicks are, well, they're one game less than the Wizards. They're 10 and 13, roughly, around that area. And, you know, the Bronson trade, he was so happy to get out, of, got, get, get away from Luka. Uh, he's averaging about 21 points a game. Randolph's, Randolph's getting 21 points a game. And R.J. Brer is probably underperforming because he's typically a 20-point or 19-point a game scorer. It's not getting on about 18 now. Um, and the Knicks are, well, they're, they're the Knicks. They're not going anywhere. So, but that's interesting, you know, triumphant that you got there, those the three players. Um, but looking at the East, you got the Beast, and that's the Celtics. The Celtics are have the best record in basketball, 18-5. and five. With two of the most dynamic young players in the game. Uh, one was a first team all NBA player. Has to be on everyone's short list right now for MVP. Uh, you know, once again, when I say short list, top five players for, for MVP. After all, he was a top five player last year, not for MVP, but he was all NBA, which first team, which means meant that he was one of the top five players. He's getting about 31 points a game, which is uh, very good right now that we're only ranked fourth in the NBA, but that's still extremely good. As I mentioned before, the Bucks are led by, who else? The Greek Freak at 32 points a game, roughly 31.8. They're 16 and six. And then there's those Cavs, Gary, I tell you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've, we both kind of like the Cavs and the way they've, they've, they've developed as a young team. They're, they're 15 and eight. The Hawks are 13 and 10. Trey Young, once again, leading that charge. He's number two in, re- in assists in the NBA getting 9.6 assists a game. And he's he's also scoring at a pretty healthy clip, getting about 27.8, which is probably his average of, of last year, just about. Uh, but, you know, Gary, I, I have to look at those, the, the team that's in the fifth spot, that being the Pacers. Once again, there's a player on the Pacers, and, and I, I'm remiss for not mentioning this player on OKC, whose name I can't even pronounce. It's Shy. Giggles. I'm saying Gildas Alexander. Shake Gildas Alexander. He's yes. averaging 31 points a game for the hapless Thunder, who's 10 and 13. So I got to give the man a shout out because he's averaging 31 points a game. And, and they've played over 20, you know, one quarter of the NBA season. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention his name. But you have, getting back to the East, you got Jason Tatum at 31 points a game, roughly. And then you got Jalen Brown at 26.6. And then they have a very solid team overall. So I'm not surprised by the Celtics rise. But getting back to the Indiana Pacers, who is this guy Halliburton? He is getting 11 assists a game, leading the NBA in, in assists. 
and the team, the Pacers, are actually they look like they're going to be a playoff team this year, Gary. And that's and we haven't said that in in, in years. Um, you can make some comments about them in, in a minute after I finish, but the Nets thirteen and eleven, and we've talked about them. You know, Durant is doing is that doing well. Durant is playing like Durant. He's getting thirty points a game, twenty nine point eight. There's nothing negative. What can you say? Twenty. 30 points a game is, well, 30 points a game. Um, 76ers, I'm a little disappointed in them, and B doesn't show up in any of the big rankings as far as scoring or rebound. I guess he hasn't played enough games or whatever. But they're 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 12 and 11. Uh, I say I'm disappointed in, in, in Embiid at this point because I had him as a preseason MVP. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Raptors are 11 and 11. I don't know who they have on their team that could make them even that good, Gary. But um, there you can talk. You can talk to me about that. The Heat are 11 and 12. They will always be in the hunt. And I mentioned before the Wizards 11 and 12. Knicks 10 and 13. The Bulls have kind of slipped. Yeah, they, they, I'm being kind. You know, they they uh, you know last year they they threatened to be a real contender at this point in the season. They were having early on, but without ball on the team, I think that we're seeing a difference. Yeah. He's a difference maker as far as being able to distribute the ball and play some pretty solid defense, which he is uh, in this short tenure in NBA has, um, has developed a reputation for doing. Um, and then you have the, the Hornets are just, they're hapless and uh, the Pistons and magic don't deserve to be mentioned. Other than the fact that the, in the rookie of the, not the rookie of the year, but the number one draft choice in the NBA, Paolo Banchero, has gotten off to a great start. He's averaging almost 22 points a game, getting about eight rebounds a game. So he deserves a, a, deserves a little shout out there, Gary, because he he, uh, he has gotten off to, to a good start with with Orlando. No, not Orlando's the worst team in basketball, but you know, he does deserve a little dimension as well as this guy. And once again, I'm shifting it for just a second because he deserves mention. And that is Lori Markinen. And I probably pronounced his name wrong. Cause he has two K's M A R K K. You pronounced it right. Just yeah. You pronounced it right. He's averaging 22.2 points a game. And when you do that, you deserve a little shout out as well for he's playing for Utah because Gary, you know, Utah got rid of Gobert. Gobert is still being Gobert. He's in about more than 11 rebounds a game, fourth in the NBA. And, you know, Mitchell is doing that, what Mitchell would do also a former Utah player. He's getting about 29 points a game. So how are the jazz? I'm, I'm not to go back to the West. I just want to mention, got to give this guy, Lori, some a shout out because they are at 14 and 12 right now in the playoff team. So, and I think he's a rookie as well, Gary. Is he a rookie? No, he's not a rookie. He's been in the league for a while. Oh, he, started, he started off with the Chicago Bulls. He started Arizona, and then he went to Cleveland. And he was okay. a part of the trade with him and Colin Sexton for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, okay. So, I mean, so I, I, I know you guys, Clarkson. Clarkson's getting about 20 points a game, 19 points. Yeah, I know they got they got some play, you know, some players. But, you know, I, I just want to give a shout-out to some of the new guys on the on, 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 from, from – new guys for me and that is you know like Tyrese Halliburton who in the hell is he you know and then even even the guy even Franz Franz Wagner from who plays for Orlando getting about 19 points a game you realize on these bad teams someone has to score I mean there's a it's a 48 minute game so someone has to put the ball in the, the ball in the hoop because you get the ball back every time the other team scores so you know but 
it does it does warrant a shout out. And I always like this guy, Gary. He's a hard-nosed player, and I know I'm going back to the West again. That's Dylan Brooks. Very hard-nosed guy, getting about 17 points a game. And uh, just wanted to give him a little brief shout-out as well. Okay. But, so let me, but I, that's a lot. So let me jump I'm in. Gonna, I'm going to pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you said a whole lot. You gave a lot of players shout outs that don't deserve shout outs. So <laughs> okay. let me, yeah. So, 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 real quick, the one thing I appreciate about what Lauren Marketing said uh, recently was the fact that the Jazz are playing so well because every game is a revenge game, which makes sense because every player on their, a lot of the players on their team are journeymen. Uh, but uh, when it comes to the Eastern Conference, uh, which is the better conference, if you need to start admitting it, that it is the better conference. Um, I'll, this uh, this game uh, uh, just ended as we are recording the podcast. Uh, uh, the Lakers played the Wizards, and Anthony Davis scored fifty five points and had seventeen rebounds oh, in wow. thirty three minutes. So wow. we need to we need to applaud Anthony Davis for that because he's playing like a guy that you know he's playing like a top three player in the league. We need to appreciate that. Because Christoph Pozingas, as you mentioned, is having a great year, and Pozingas was probably guarding him. So let's yeah. give Anthony Davis a lot of kudos, a lot of yes, credit. I have to he, do was that, 20, but... he was 22 for 30 from the wow. floor, so he only missed eight shots and had 17 rebounds. Wow. So let's give Anthony Davis that is, that's a grown huge... man game, Gary. That's a grown man's game. He, yes. he uh, I tell you, he has to be in a conversation right now, even though you could say, hey, wait a minute, they're a losing team. Well, We'll see what happens. It's all hey, twenty five percent of the season. That's all that's gone uh, gone by thus far. But you you have to give him a, bit, a lot of kudos because he is he's doing extremely well. That that's that's uh, serious basketball. Yes. So so about the Houston Conference, you know, uh, again, it's hard to tell what the NBA season is going to be at this point because it's still early in the year. But here's what one thing I want to say. This has nothing to do with the standings itself. The NBA should be kicking themselves every single day that the Brooklyn Nets are not playing on Christmas Day. I don't know who thought of that idea, but that was a terrible idea. Maybe they thought Kevin Durant was going to be traded. I don't know what they were thinking. But the Brooklyn Nets should be playing the New York Knicks at 12 o'clock on Christmas Day. And the fact that they're not playing on Christmas Day and the Lakers and Dallas Mavericks are playing on Christmas Day where no one wants to see that game is exactly why the NBA um, you know, has been having some problems, in my opinion, recently, because they're not promoting the right players. But we will promote the right players. And I agree with you that Jason Tatum, to me, he's my favorite for the MVP right now. Yeah, uh, the Boston Celtics, as we know, they've had some issues with Ime Doku. Uh, I'm sorry, Ime Doku stepping down uh, well, or, or being suspended, to, you know, as, as they would like to call it. But the Boston Celtics have not skipped a beat. They're playing great basketball, and he's leading that team. I'm very impressed with Jason Tatum. He's making up for last year's debacle we had in the NBA Finals, so that's great to see. And I think another thing that's really great to see as well is how the Cleveland Cavaliers are clicking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, usually adding a ball-dominant player to um, to a team usually causes some type of friction, especially when you have a lot of young guys that are used to having a lot of touches, but it's not affecting them. And that's no. something that's very impressive. Yeah, um, Gar- Garland's still getting 22.5 points a game, and he's he's uh, he's like number five in, re- in assists in the NBA. Right, right next to Don- Donovan Mitchell, who's getting right. about 29 points a game. So, right. no, it, it is. 
That's very impressive. And let me say this as well, too, because maybe the NBA should look into the you know these rules. How many guys are averaging in between 32 and 29 points a game this season? It's ridiculous. A the lot. NBA, <laughs> the NBA needs to find a way to you know tighten up some defense here because 30 points a game used to be hard to do. Now, like 20 guys have averaged averaging like in between 32 and 29 points a game. That's that's either here or there. You know, we're not gonna uh, you know. Folks on that point, but Gary, your points well taken. Eleven players are averaging twenty-seven points or more. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And one, two, three, four, five, five players are averaging over thirty points a game. Right, right. That's ridiculous. Right, but but you know what? I'm not like I said. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to focus on the positives. And the positives is that the fact that the Brooklyn Nets are starting to win basketball games. They are the most exciting team in the Eastern Conference. They are not the best team. The Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Cleveland Cavaliers are clearly better teams. They're better teams than the Brooklyn Nets before the year started, especially the Milwaukee Bucks. I thought the Bucks had a chance to, you know, to go back to the NBA Finals. Uh, but just the fact that, that the Brooklyn Nets are competitive is great for the NBA because they are the wild card team. They can go all the way to the finals, or they can lose in the first round. They, but. Regardless of how they're going to do it, it's always going to be loud in Brooklyn because they got two players that just love to do that. But um, I also want to touch on another team as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, you touched on them very, very briefly. That's the New York Knicks. Let's talk yeah. about the Knicks for a second because they are a disaster because they have <laughs> to trade some players on their team and nobody <laughs> wants Julius Randle. So they are stuck <laughs> with a weird with a really uh, built team. And I'm not attacking Julius Randle. He is, he is a very good player. He's just not good for the Knicks because they drafted Obi Toppin over Tyler Halliburton, which was a huge mistake because Obi Toppin can't get on the floor. And Halliburton is a point guard that would have been on the floor. In fact, he would have been perfect, so perfect for the Knicks, they wouldn't need Jalen Brunson. They could have spent the money on somebody else. But you know, it's water under the bridge. But I would like to see the New York Knicks be a little bit more com- – um, and also, you know, I think the Chicago Bulls, you know, they're just trying to find a way without Lonzo Ball. But they may be w- one of those teams that may have to break their team up uh, during the trade deadline if things don't improve for them. No, the, the Bulls are uh, really slipping, and they're slipping uh, badly. Uh, especially from the, the progress they made from last year, but at least during the first half of last year. So I, I, I agree with you there, Gary. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.